No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Even though the gods are crazy, even though the stars are blind, if you show me true love, baby, I'll show you mine. Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about our least favorite aspects and most debatable opinions of our most favorite scary movies. We fight over our favorites. My name's Jesse. My name's Travis. And today we are back on our normal ship because last week we had a guest and... Yeah, we hope you liked that. I know it was off our normal format, but uh, we just... We had an opportunity. Got so caught up talking yeah. to him and we just... we An hour and change was over before we realized it so yeah it was you know i hope you guys enjoyed that maybe we'll you know do some more of that type of thing later on down the road but um yeah we're back to our bread and butter this week so as the as the youths say uh back on our bullshit back on our bullshit yeah we are speaking of back on our bullshit are you not even gonna ask me what that intro was um yeah what was it i'm gonna assume that it's got to do something with jared padalecki no is he in this one yes he is in this one. <laughs> I, <laughs> we talked a lot about jared padalecki and it's to the point where like i just assumed we were talking about him for no reason um, yeah no it has nothing to do with him what is it then uh it's uh paris hilton's zingle oh i should have that should have been my guess of course uh paris hilton's the big draw this one this week that's right i got a lot of thoughts about that so as you all have seen from the title we're talking about house of wax and not the original house of wax but the 2005 remake which had the tagline watch paris die so you know if that's your thing you're really wanting to watch paris hilton die this is definitely your movie but also, if you're into some really cool slasher movies, I think this is a really good one. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> I'll go into detail about my thoughts on this. Obviously, I like this movie. This is my choice this week. So, House of Wax, this is all part of Dark Castle's whole reboot. Um, they rebooted a bunch of horror classic movies, and uh, this one's generally seen as maybe the best that they've put out. What I can't remember. Have, what else did they put out? Okay, so... Um, yeah, they got a hold of like a bunch of classic horror franchises and just started rebooting them. So uh, part of that list is House on Haunted Hill, 13 Ghosts, House of Wax, obviously. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much it in terms of horror. I mean, you know, I mean, there's others, but those are the only ones that I'm actually familiar with. Yeah, so this one, it's kind of from what I've seen online regarded as the best horror remake from that whole lineup. Which I feel like is saying something because every time House of Wax is brought up, it's fairly divisive in the horror community. Yeah, I think that was more of a thing in the past. I think people are like looking back on it now and like, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought it was because I think people were so wrapped up in the whole thing of, you know, it being a standard slasher movie that its main appeal was Paris Hilton being part of the cast, which, you know, if that's your thing, market it, because obviously people were into that. In fact, this movie, it was um, it had a bug TED of $40 million. Wow, that's a big bug TED. Yeah, that's I know. A, that's a bug theater. It, it's really big, yeah. Um, and in the U.S., it made 
$32 million. So it didn't quite make it there, but worldwide it made 38.7. Or not 38, 68.7. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah. So, um, and it's generally like reviewed not super favorably. Like it's kind of at the 40% range in critic ratings. So, you know. But I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's neat. It's I a just fun, think it's neat. It's a fun slasher, you know? It's. I think a lot of people had some kind of, uh, I don't know, slasher fatigue, especially, you know, this is like maybe two decades after like it really got big, but people shit on the 2000s for being shitty in terms of horror, but I think that that was just... I don't know, people looking at it through a certain lens at the time. Because whenever you revisit some of these movies, you kind of get a realization that they're not really that bad. And this is one that I remember watching with you a long time ago, like whenever we first moved up to Lexington. And I just wanted to put it on because I was like, yeah, this is probably going to be a stupid movie. Like I remember watching it as a kid, but you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be good. And I was kind of surprised with how good of a slasher it is. What were you going to say about it? You said you got a lot of opinions about it. Here, before we get into that, do you want to give some of the background? Oh, yeah. Writer, director, actor. Sure, sure, sure. We uh, we watched this. Uh, if anybody is surprised to hear this, we... <laughs> <laughs> the Scream Factory. Yeah, that's Scream Factory release for us. So that's uh, how we watched that. There's that's like, so many fucking extras on it. I know. We haven't even watched them all. So, But it's kind of amazing. They really go into detail. Yeah. But um yeah, so this movie obviously a remake of the nineteen fifty three original House of Wax, which that was, I believe, a remake of sorts of a nineteen thirty three film, Mystery of the Wax Museum. So it's a lot of chains here going How on with this. The wax Museum's been a thing. I don't Why know. Why was this a thing ever? Who was like, you know what the people want? <laughs> <laughs> They're kinda cool. Like if you think about it, it's kind of like a form of art. People I mean, being able to like it's like sculpting, but with a different medium. Basically, I get that, and I'm not against it. It's just how has there been centuries worth of people making other people out of wax? Well, it's not been quite a century yet, so we don't know when this started. If we're going based off of the timeline of these movies, we got another twelve years until then. It would have had to have been a thing before the movie was made. Maybe, maybe they made it a thing, and people in real life were like, "Whoa, let's make some wax museums." Madame was like, "You know what? I feel it." <laughs> um, so yeah, it was directed by um, God. Please forgive me if I butcher this, but I think it's Juan Colette Serra. Let me see. Um, Let me see. Let me see. It. Juan or Colesera. It was written. Um, Based off of the OG version, Charles Belden, he did the 1950s version. Um, but this one was written by Chad Hayes and Carrie Hayes. So I'm assuming that they are a married couple or brothers or sisters or something. I don't know. They were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, so cast in this one is Chad Michael Murray plays Nick. Alicia Cuthbert is, is it Alicia or Elisha? Alicia. Alicia. (laughs) I cannot wait until we finally get cameras set up for this podcast, too, because the look Travis just gave me when he was like, 
Duh, of course it's Alicia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert plays Carly. Jared Padalecki plays Wade. Robert Richard plays Blake. Wait, what? what? It's a R I apostrophe C H A R D. That's how his last name is spelled. So okay. Richard. It's just the way you said it. I don't know. Maybe it's just pronounced Richard. I don't know. Paris Hilton plays Paige, and Brian Van Holt plays Bo. The other guy that plays Vincent, he's the other killer, the masked wax killer. He's not credited in this for some reason, but I can say that his character's name is based off of Vincent Price, who was the guy that played the character in the original. Saying that, this movie has absolutely no relation other than the name to that movie. There's like nothing connecting these two, so... It's only a remake or a remake by name. Uh, a lot of people say it's like Black Christmas, the most recent Black yeah. Christmas. Yeah, that 2019. yeah, and that I'll, that one's yeah, it's pretty much the same as that. A lot of people say that this is like a remake of Tourist Trap more than anything, which I can kind of see, but also kind of not. It's got some, it's got a lot of the same beats to it, but yeah, it. I've not seen either of the House of Houses of Wax. That you the originals about. yeah yeah i haven't either but i have unfortunately seen tourist trap twice in my life now plus a handful of other times where i see you watching it and then i go do something else i don't like uh... it either the only reason i ever watch it is because <laughs> really the only you'll reason i've ever watched this because... tv and then you'll be like oh man it's tourist trap and then you just leave it on because there's nothing better on it's just how it is Literally. sometimes I, I'm not I'm not a tourist trap fan I, I'm not either I, we don't we're both I, and we know that it's like a very you know people love it's that movie moments. it's just mostly boring yeah it is it's mostly boring you know you can send us all of your hate if you want to about that but that's how we feel about it but yeah that's the background information on this I've said my piece about this movie I really like it I think it's a very good slasher movie what are you rating it I'm rating it a seven. Okay. What about you? I'm going to rate it a five. Okay. It's just like very, like, it's not a bad movie. It's not one I ever really particularly seek out. Like, it's one that's fine to put on. It's just there. Like, it's a movie. You know what I mean? It's a movie. It feels very distinctly 2000s, which I could have sworn that we all agreed as a people was a decade we were leaving behind. Mm-mm. I guarantee you that shit's coming back at some so point. So it just, it's its very upsetting to me. And it was funny because we talked about Eight-Legged Freaks earlier this month. And Eight-Legged Freaks was actually a couple of years earlier than House of Wax. And it even had the same composer. But tonally, it just feels so different. It feels so much more dated than Eight-Legged Freaks does. And I think a big part of that, because when you listen to the actual compositional music, I can tell that it's the same same composer. But there's so much just like soundtrack in your face. And I don't, I, don't, I hate the soundtrack, but it <laughs> it is also very of the time. There's no variety in the music that they put in it. So that that keeps it there. The fact that, so I really hate that they marketed this as see Paris Hilton die. And this is coming from somebody, when I was this age, I was very much a uh, 
not like other girls grow or I think they call them pick me girls now. Whatever. I was very much like, she's so vapid. It would be really funny to see her die in a horror movie. And like, and again, this is me acknowledging that teenagers are the worst because I was the worst when I was a teenager. I did not have a fully developed brain or sense of self. And I just, it's just weird the way society decided that Paris Hilton and other celebrities, like they're just not worth shit and you should be really proud to not like them. Like that's weird, right? It's weird. Yeah. And it's kind of like people are like, I've never watched Kardashian show. Like, cool, I haven't either. It doesn't make you fucking special. Ooh, they're famous for being famous. Good for them. I Like, it's literally not hurting you. And I feel like if this movie was made nowadays, it would definitely be a Kardashian in the front. And it would be the same kind of marketing, right? They'd be like, see this Kardashian die. And it would be just as gross because, like, why are we... Making that the selling point. That tells me that you don't have a lot of faith in your movie. And it also tells me that you hate other people and probably women. You know what I mean? So when we started watching this last weekend, I was talking about how this fell at a very specific time in my life. Because even though I was very much a pick-me girl, I was also like weirdly into reality TV, which shouldn't have been a thing. I should have been too over it. But my mom really liked reality competition shows like survivor and amazing race and i was super into america's next top model so we would watch that stuff together um and surreal life came out or surreal life i already said surreal uh simple life came out in 2003 and i like that was when i was into the whole reality tv thing and i was like oh cool we're gonna watch uh these people that have no idea what it's like to live like a common person and see what they do in these situations I was very interested in seeing Paris Hilton in this, and the gross part of me as a sociopathic teenager is like, yeah, I'm going to watch Paris Hilton die, and now, like, that I'm an adult, I'm like, she actually, like, her character was a really supportive friend, and she was going through something scary, and she, like, didn't do a bad job acting. She held her own against people that are, like, actual legitimate actors, Like that's she gets a lot of credit for being pretty decent in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like we culturally, societally, we never gave her a chance to be more than just like dumb Paris Hilton. You, you know, she kind of fed that though. It's not like she, she made like it it's not like the people painted her like that. She like it's like the whole thing of like playing the hill. Like that's kind of what sells for her. So like she's kind of known for being like an actually smart person, mm-hmm. but she puts on this persona because like that's her public persona. Like, you know, like I get what you're saying, but like it's not like she's not like you I know. get it, I get it. But also like my opening, I quoted lyrics from a song she wrote. She never took off with her singing career. She never took off with her acting career. She marketed on what she was going to be allowed to be good at which was just being famous for the sake of being famous which people hate that she's famous just because she's famous but at the same time that's all anybody would ever talk about about her you know what i mean i don't know and i don't hold i don't it, really know the story I, about i don't hold it against her for using what was working for her to her advantage yeah you got to do what you got to do you know it's the same thing with the kardashians you like, know i got a counterpoint to this too like yeah. i feel like 
don't you think the same thing would happen like with like in the 2010s when everybody was like anti Justin Bieber? Like that's like a white boy, and everybody would have been all over watch Justin Bieber die. Trust me, because he was like the thing to hate there, you know. I think yeah, I think that's also like I think it's just like a thing of the time, and like if somebody's willing to sign up for that, you know, they know what they're doing. I don't know if she signed up for that whole thing, but she definitely like. I mean, even if she signed up for like, it's just weird that the movie's marketing was centered on that. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not gonna say that that's like the filmmaker that's behind that. That's definitely the marketing team, like yeah, people it, that are distributing the movie. So, you know, I'm sure the people that made the movie probably enjoyed it and they probably liked it. But you know, marketers are gonna market, and that's kind of like the hot topic at the time. You know, Paris Hilton. So, I just I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's mean and it's shitty, but you know, like also I think. She was in on it, and I think she was okay with it. And it, it takes away from the movie, too. It detracts from it. Her? No, the way even, it like, was marketed. Oh, well, I mean, I don't even really think about it. Whenever, like, whenever I'm watching the movie, I'm watching like the movie on its own. Like I'm letting it do the talking for itself. I'm not like thinking about what it was marketed as. Okay, now, yeah, it's maybe back what then. what you opened with was talking about how this movie was marketed. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, people, that's a thing that people, like, tuned in for. But, you know, that's not really what I'm here for. I like slasher movies. So, you know, I really like the premise of this. Like, with it being this guy in a wax museum and he's got that creepy fucking wax mask. You know, it's just like, it's standard slasher shit, you know, but... I don't know. You can say a lot of shit about slashers as mean in horror movies in general, but I don't know. I'm just talking about like the specific cultural phenomenon surrounding the way this movie was talked about at the time. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of shitty that people are all like, yeah, let's fucking watch her die. Like, you know, I'm not defending that. But even aside from that, this movie is just meh. It's just a movie. I feel like it could have been shorter than it was. Yeah, it does go on for a bit. I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't feel like it's got a good up and down with it. Like you don't have like tension release, tension release. Like it's just like. Mm. <laughs> so just it like... feels very monotonous throughout. Okay. So, so I mean, five. Yeah. That's what it's a five. Like it's right. not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's like it's entertaining enough, but it doesn't stand out to me in any significant way, good or bad. Okay. That's fair. So. Alright. So what's the average? Six. Oh, okay. You act like I should know that. I don't fucking know math, man. Like, Your I'm score not... was seven, my score was five. Well, yeah, I mean, I get, like, you're breaking down the math for me, but, I, like, I don't instantly just, like, pull out this shit in my head. Like, that's you. You do that. You're really good at that. I'm not good at that. Don't try and flatter me, sir. I'm not trying to flatter you. Did I push some buttons? All I was doing was playing devil's advocate. About math? No, about the whole uh, Paris Hilton thing. Oh. All right. Okay. We start this movie with a pretty generic opening. Um, it's pretty much the whole troubled childhood, uh, baby witnessing uh, 
abuse type situation, you know, a, a shattered home life. Obviously, these kids are destined to be killers. Trudy was tied to a fucking chair. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, standard. Like, this is how a slasher killer is born type thing. Or this is how a serial killer is made. Kind of reminds me of a Halloween Resurrection where they are trying to, like, build the backstory for Michael. And, like, they're letting the people wander through the house. And he's got, like, little baby carriages with, like, shackles and everything all around it and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of what it makes me think of. I... For some reason, my brain just brought up the opening to pieces where, like, he kills his mom and his aunt helps him hide. That's a completely different thing. That's way more fucked up. I know it is, but just thinking about, like, how a killer is born. I'm like, this is not just how a killer is born. This is how a killer is taught to get away with killing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I can't remember exactly. There was, like, it's two kids there. So, yeah, obviously, both of them are going to be fucked up. Um, Cut to present day. Carly's got an internship at InStyle Magazine. She's moving to New York. Paige is helping her find an apartment. Carly definitely feels like she can't afford it. And she says that there are no rednecks in New York, to which Travis and I both said, Bullshit! Yeah, you want to fucking bet. (laughs) You know what? There are rednecks everywhere. Are they talking about New York City or New York? Just the state. I mean, the answer is yes to both of them. Because, yeah. You can't say there are no rednecks in a tourist town. Who do you think tourists are? Who do you think is eating at Bubba Gump Shrimp when they're in New York City? <laughs> Not only that, I mean, it's like the biggest fucking city in the entire United States. So obviously it's going to have pretty much every mixture of people out there. So that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Jared Padalecki it is Carly's boyfriend. I forget his name. His name is Wade. Wade. No Wade. Ah. No Wade. Wade, no Wade. I forget. So this is how we immediately started talking about Jared Padalecki because Travis has been antagonizing me about once we finish the, uh, once we get past Freddy versus Jason, then we have to watch the reboots, the remakes of uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. That's happening no matter what. And uh, he's like, Jared Padalecki's in Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. He is. And, I don't know. He's he's a part of it. He's not really there, <laughs> you know. Like he's looking for his lost sister, whatever. Then I think we started talking about Supernatural, which neither of us has really watched a lot of. And then I talked about Gilmore Girls, and I think I referenced Gilmore Girls in the Eight Legged like Freaks episode because the mayor's stepson was also one of Rory's boyfriends. Well, we got so, a whole thing going here, a whole yeah. theme then. Now we need to find um, the the guy that plays Jesse, find a horror movie he's in and talk about that, and then we'll have all three of them. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anyway. Uh, Paris's boyfriend. I can't read my handwriting. Find short out. Paris BF, find short out. What does your note say? Maybe your note makes more sense. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> What is that note? I don't know. I think we waited too long between watching this movie and recording because I don't know if you remember exactly what all was happening at the setup. It's really just exposition. We're just meeting the characters, seeing the relationships. Uh, Chad Michael Murray plays Carly's brother uh he's got a friend with a camera 
Yeah, and he's recording everything. Um, also, they're on their way to a football game, really, is what they're doing. So they're all traveling down there. And I think instead of getting a hotel room because they can't afford it, they're just camping. Yeah, I think they try to, like, pitch it as, like, ooh, we're, like, they don't look like a camping type of people. No, they do not. Uh, yeah. The best campers there are Paris Hilton and Blake. And because nobody else really camps there. Like, they set up their tent and... You know, they actually attempt to camp. Everybody else is just kind of like fucking around the entire time. Wait, no, maybe they do. No, they do camp overnight. Never mind. They stay overnight because they, uh, while they're out there messing around, there's a truck that pulls up and they blind them with the headlights and then they like drive away after people are like shouting. I think um, Nick throws a beer bottle at it and then it starts to back away. And then they wake up the next morning and their truck is all fucked up. Yep. By the way, there was also a sign for Trudy's Wax Museum, so we know they're near there. Uh, Disturbed was playing while they were driving. Uh, Nick and his friend suck. Like, they're just super, super obnoxious. Uh, There was a He-Man reference, which resulted in me just uh, singing Four Non Blondes for a really long time. (laughs) If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, and then there was like the world's worst attempt at covering up Roadhead. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, because she's bobbing her head up and down, yeah, and then she's like, oh, "I dropped my phone." None of this is no. She dropped her lip balm. Oh, her lip balm. Whatever. None of this is important to the plot. I just wrote down the notes, and I want to prove that I can read my own handwriting. Okay. So, uh, and it's not like again. It's just like showing that they're basic, you know, horny, sucky, terrible teens. Yeah, and, and also we need early to 20s, make it uh, very clear that Nick has a very troubled past. Apparently, he's been in prison, and you know he's dealing with that bullshit. And um, also, is not approving of his sister's boyfriend Wade. Uh, they seem to be kind of standoffish with each other the entire time. And uh, fuck, what's her name? Carly is kind mm-hmm. of like fed up with Nick about it. And I'm going to say here, I already see this once, and if it happens again, it happens again. I don't know why, but I wanted Nick to be named Wade and Wade to be named Nick, so I interchange them a lot in my notes. Yeah, uh, apparently Nick lost his football scholarship because Carly dimed him out. Those were their words for it. And says that she's the good twin, he's the evil twin, at one point, Nick Snickers, and that's in the closed caption that Nick Snickers, and I'm just really mad that it's not Snickers. Snickers. <laughs> no, it's a damn shame. Knowing the Shout Factory uh, subtitles, it could Oh, my been. God. Yes, the Shout Factory. Uh, Screen Factory subtitle guy. Screen Factory, yeah, yeah. that's right. We didn't catch any funny captions on this one, at least. No, they seem to up their game big time because they definitely realized that they fucked up here a lot recently. <laughs> Did they have any in Eight Legged Freaks? I can't remember. Yes, they had uh, the, the turkeys chattering. That's right, turkeys. Yes, yes, yes. But there's a weird smell. They're a little bit uh, grossed out by it. Paige might be pregnant. And she says that she doesn't want to tell Blake until she knows for sure and that his family won't let them get married. Um, And Carly's just trying to be a supportive friend. Like, they've actually got, like, a good friendship between the two of them. 
they pass the Bechdel test, so that's nice. Like they talk about like actual real life things with each other. Like they're good, good friendship, good friendship. Well, that's a good thing in this movie's favor. Yeah, pass the test. Yeah, it's I, listen. Here's the thing with the Bechdel test. It's such a low fucking bar. Yeah, that's really what is. makes it so shitty when so many movies don't pass it. Is because it's the, like the lowest fucking bar for character writing. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much what they do is they go and uh, <laughs> you're just gonna. <laughs> I was just seeing myself while I tried to find my notes. I'm trying not to do the whole um thing as often. Oh, okay. Um. Well, they can be cut out. I'm not cutting it out. Okay, whatever, fine. They find a whole little uh, ditch full of all kinds of dead things. So it's roadkill, and they assume a person because there's a hand sticking out of the whole pile. Carly gets curious and starts looking at it, but she ends up slipping and almost falling right into that until people come and grab her. No, she does fall into it. She doesn't actually get into it, though, I don't think. Oh, no, yeah, she does. She falls into it because she ends up, uh, Nick gives her his shirt. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, but then we get the other guy, the roadkill guy, pretty much is all he's credited as. Yeah, he he's not even given name. a name, which is weird because we do have him in, in a decent amount of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he throws uh, well, a new deer into the pit and then he shows him that the human hand is fake. Presumably, it's from the wax town. Yeah. It's really just a mannequin, I think, because it has, you know, mechanical parts to it, or it it seems like it's made of plastic, not wax. You would think that it would have melted and all that roadkill if it were wax. Gross. Yeah. He says that there's a station in Ambrose, which is where Trudy's Wax Museum is. It's about 15 miles away. He'll be glad to give you a ride there if you want. Uh, they, there's like a fan belt issue is what they're saying. They think it is. The cars looked way more trashed than just a fan belt, but whatever. Because everybody else is very concerned about going to the game, Wade and Carly are going to be the ones that are going to go to the station and get the fan belt while the rest go to the game. They're supposed to leave their tickets at will call, blah, 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 blah. Nick gives Carly his shirt so she's not completely covered in deer guts. Yeah, nice guy, Nick. It's also a little bit weird because they are packed for several overnight trips that is true yeah <laughs> she could have just worn another shirt but whatever <laughs> they have to show that there's still some sibling fondness between the two of them yeah. uh the guy driving carly and wade pulls out a bowie knife and stabs the dashboard with stabs it stabs the dashboard he's way too intense he has to change his tires to four-wheel drive because the road is not completely road all the way across. They find this suspicious, and they panic and demand to be let out, and they're going to walk the rest of the way, and he's offended, which is like, okay. So I get that they're trying to play it off, that they're like suspicious of him because there was a truck there that night, but also because he's, you know, the type of redneck that you would never find in New York City. Yeah. Uh, and they're, like, meant to be, like, stereotyping. But I don't get in cars with people I don't know, so I'm automatically suspicious of every stranger in a vehicle. If they, Like, you know what I mean? They're feeling uncomfortable. He stabbed his own truck. 
It seemed like he was stabbing his <laughs> truck to put on the brakes too, because he like stabs the dashboard and then the <laughs> truck stops. Like that's how he has to actually operate this thing. Okay, but have you ever been in a really junky car that has all of these weird ways you have to work to operate it? <laughs> yeah. There, like there probably is a truck somewhere that somebody was like, "No, I need my Bowie knife while I'm driving, because otherwise this shit ain't stopping." <laughs> It's just kind of amazing if that's how he actually figured it out. Like he just like gets so like freaked out. He's just <laughs> and actually stops. My uh, my station wagon, the the ignition, my keys wouldn't stay in it. Whatever the mechanism that's supposed to like you know it fits into the grooves or whatever, it did not hold the keys. So like if the keychain was very heavy and I'd hit the brakes at a stoplight, sometimes my keys would just go flying. What would happen? <laughs> would your car just turn off? No. Keep going because, like, the ignition is still turned in the on position. Oh, shit. Uh, so, but the really big thing with that was making sure that I grabbed my keys out of the footwell whenever I, like, stop stopped. Because otherwise, you know how often I used to lock my keys in my car. If you lock your keys in your car and the car's running, that's like double trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, that was damn, dude. I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> You know what? She put on almost 300,000 miles. We were like the fourth owner. It's fine. She, did she good. lived a good life. Yeah. She she worked hard. Serafina was yes. her name. Yes. May she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the car that I had to check the oil literally every time I drove it to make sure there was still oil in there. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I, I digress. They get out of the truck and walk across the creek and the town is literally right there and they feel like assholes, but they're proud assholes. They will not go back and apologize. They will not admit that they did anything wrong. And the guy gave off pretty bad vibes. I don't really blame them. They were kind of hesitant to do it in the first place, but they were desperate. So whatever. They're there now. They don't have to apologize. They're just walking around this empty town with absolutely nobody there. so... At the end of the movie, they were like, yeah, this town was abandoned years ago. And we had this same phenomenon in Children of the Corn. We're like, oh, yeah, this town was abandoned years ago. How do people not get fucking suspicious about an abandoned town? How is there a whole ass abandoned town? There's not even people like camping out in it. You know what I mean? It's not even being used by anyone it has power running through it too which is exactly. weird exactly how are they paying the taxes for that shit because you know what even if they don't care about the well-being of any people in this town they care about getting their tax money yeah there's no way bo is the mayor of i can't even remember the name of the town what was it what i was gonna say flavor town flavor town <laughs> why because you saw the thing of guy fear <laughs> Ambrose. Ambrose. <laughs> okay, that's where it is. I'm overtired. <laughs> um, okay. That was it, the mayor of Flavortown. We can call um, Flavortown the rest of the episode. Yeah, like so that. they're in Flavortown now. And I, I just want everybody to picture this guy in like the Guy Fieri bowling flame shirt. Bow? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bow is in a flaming shirt and he's got uh, <laughs> spiked up blonde hair and... And he's leading a, a, not a church sermon, a funeral service. Yeah, there's a funeral service. And it's got the organ music playing. Um, 
they're, they're, what they're doing, they're trying to find the gas station so they can, or a mechanic they so they can get the, their... They found the gas station, but it looked like it was closed. That's right. And they assumed everybody in town was at the church, which, to be fair, in a small town... Yeah, a town that small, for sure. Yes. Like, um, but what they do is they open it, and it looks as though there's an actual live service going on. In this moment, you the priest actually is a real person. That'll come into play in a little bit. But Bo is there, and he gets pissed off at him because they interrupted the service. And this is where Travis and I, having grown up in the South and having plenty of experience in churches, mm-hmm. we're like, this is why there's always that little hall yeah, in there between is. the front doors, and then you've got another set of doors before you get into where the service is. Even like the cheapest church, like smallest of small churches it doesn't immediately go into the whole service room like it's just yeah you have some sort of foyer yeah there's something there because obviously awkward shit like that's gonna happen yes it it, like where else are you gonna have like the little service pamphlets and baskets of flowers and stuff like that but even then like all they were doing was opening the door and what's wrong with that it's not like they kicked it down and said what's up bitches yo uh, can i get the fan belt Uh, no all they did was walk in and what if they were late for the service you know they wouldn't have been allowed in nope meanwhile everybody else is stuck in traffic which i'm also very very confused by because they make it sound like the traffic is the result of the game but it's like standstill traffic and the game supposedly is already starting i'm very confused by how they assume traffic around a sports game works i know right like it's always shitty yeah we accidentally were near kroger field when the uk game was finishing up yesterday and it it was just it was just poor timing on our part. We had to go pick up our fence from Home Depot, yeah. and it was four o'clock, and we we're like, "Oh, we no. made it out of there in the nick of time, though, just yeah. in time." Yeah, and traffic does get like bad, but it's not you're stuck in traffic and you're gonna like just completely give up with these tickets that you paid a lot of money for and you drove all this way for. Like, it's weird. I've been even in major cities where it's like major, like actual national teams. It's not going to be traffic that you stand still and you don't move and then you just give up and turn around and go home and because the game is already playing. You well, know what I mean? Sporting events are super long too. Like yeah, especially I'm assuming football, right? Yeah. So it's what would be causing the traffic is people driving into the game and if the game has already started. Yeah. So it's it's bullshit. They're, yeah, they're not even playing it off like, oh, there was a bad wreck. They're just like, ah, game day traffic. Yeah, the bad wreck would have made sense. Yeah. So, but, but anyways, they, yeah, they give up and they call Carly and they're like, we're gonna turn around and go back to the campsite. So just meet us back there. And everybody's like, yep, that's a sound decision. We got harassed there last night. Let's go there again tonight. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I was about to say, did, didn't they like? Wasn't the plan to like buy scalped tickets out there, or did they already uh, have tickets? I think they needed to get. Maybe for Nick. Uh, yeah, I thought they. Needed I feel like to he tagged along last ticket. second. I'm also possibly confusing the Thundergun Express episode of It's Always Sunny, where Frank was the only one that needed to get a scalp ticket. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but they go back and uh, they realize that 
Carly and Wade haven't made it back to the campsite yet, so they start getting suspicious, and Nick himself is like, I'm going to go deal with this shit, and he brings his video recording friend along with him for the ride because he wants some company. Dalton. Dalton. That's his name. Dalton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I finally wrote it down halfway through my notes for this movie. Which is, like, unfortunate because it's right before he's... He's a forgettable yeah. character. That's why I didn't even mention like, him in the cast. Okay, here's the thing. I get them inviting Nick along because it's Carly's brother. She's getting ready to go on this internship and well, like, whatever, even though they don't all seem to really like Nick that much. Like, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't get how Dalton got in. That's who needed the scalp ticket was Dalton. Because uh, he tagged along. Yes, he yeah, tagged yeah, yeah. along. He tagged along. Yeah, I and he, he just, like... And this is why nobody probably wanted to invite Nick in the first place. Because they're like, no, Nick is going to do something douchey. Like, invite his creepy friend Dalton. He's and you know what he did? recording shit. Yeah, he invited his creepy friend Dalton. Yeah. Who wears six shirts at a time and didn't give one of his shirts to Carly, who was covered in deer guts. Instead, Nick had to pull off his only shirt and give it to Carly. Yeah. I don't remember the situation with the tickets, but I remember how many shirts he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I remember that being a big conversation. This is why our notes aren't good for this, because we got so angry about these little details. Yeah, I guess I tracked with a lot of stuff with it. <laughs> okay, so when Bo comes out from the funeral service, he's like, I was just so mad that you needed a car part when I was grieving somebody important. And I'm kind of like, I get that, because they were not very gracious about it. They weren't like, so sorry for your loss. Sorry to have interrupted. They're just like, yeah, we need the fan belt and you don't have the right size. Like they were going to straight up basically steal it. They were going to leave money. Which... They were going to leave money, but th he had no clue how much it was. He was like, we were going to leave a 20. I don't know how much fan belts cost. So I don't know if that's a fair amount or not. But I do know that you can't just get the wrong size and assume it'll be okay. Yeah. They did not have his size. He was going to get the next size up. I'm like, this is not a pair of shoes, buddy. <laughs> I don't think you can just make it work. Wait, ain't no mechanic. <laughs> ain't no hogs. Ain't no hogs. And it... it <laughs> Uh, the whole thing is just like, it's like they've never interacted with other human beings before. Bo, who lives in a town made of wax, is a lot more socially apt than them. And that's saying something because he starts to get way too friendly with Carly. Like, yeah. way too friendly. Which is where I, um, that's where I wrote down the note, jealous Padalecki. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets all jealous because Bo is like, Definitely coming on to Carly right in front of him. I think that's so funny that even you picked up on that because you do not pick up on people hitting on people. Well, they well outright say yeah. it on, in the movie, so it's hard not to pick up on it. My next note is they go to House of Wax, but I spelt wax with two X's. Why? I don't know. I guess I was just feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the House of Wax is literally a house of wax because the house is made of wax. Which is insane to think about how much wax it would take. That's a terrible idea. Aren't they in the South canonically? Isn't mm -hmm. this the Southern? Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine peak July having a wax house? Uh, it sounds miserable, yeah. My closet with my clothing gets humid in July. Can you imagine if the doors were made of wax? I'm trying to think where this is logistically. Uh, it feels like a Louisiana movie, but they don't have that southern <laughs> draw to them. I don't I'm know. I'm glad they didn't try to do that. Yeah, they all talk like normal people. 
It's hard. It's hard to say, but I, I think talk that talk like normal people. That's rude to the crew. Ah, uh, that's true. I'm sorry because I'm from the south, also. Uh, yeah, just because you like have a completely neutral dialect. I don't have a completely neutral dialect. I definitely have some southernness to it. It's just I don't recognize it because I'm from the south. Have you met your family? Well, yeah, they're really south, like very southern accent, but yeah. These people, they speak, <laughs> they have a very, like, just plain dialect. Yeah, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that they don't try and do southern accents. Yeah, I mean, I some people can pull it off. Like that. Some people pull it off just fine, but a lot of the time, it seems really forced and not accurate. It's, yeah. It's a. I remember we were doing some watch along with the Slumber Party Massacre, and somebody was like. This girl has kind of a twang to her voice. And I'm like, that's because she's from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think of other Southern accent ac- actors, and I feel like their accents don't sound authentic, which is weird. Like who? Matthew McConaughey? I always just thought his was like an affectation. Affectation. Honest to God. Uh, but no, I, what is her fucking name? Uh, Amy Acker. She's, uh, she recently joined the cast of Angel. I'm like almost to the end of season three of my watch through. And sometimes, like, when she first started, it makes sense in her arc now. But I was like, why did they make her Southern? She doesn't feel super comfortable with this accent. And then I found out she's actually from Texas. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> she doesn't sound like she was naturally she, it Texan. Sounds, it sounds more natural now. I can't say too much without giving away, like, her arc. I'm not watching Angel. Does it play in the Buffy? I think you said you would watch Angel when okay. we got to that point in the Buffy watch through. Okay. So, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, my point being, I'm glad that they didn't try to get any of these actors to do a Southern accent because... Bo is Southern. He does Southern accent. I don't remember. He does. He's Southern. His name is Bo. (laughs) Maybe that's why I think this is from Louisiana. (laughs) Like, Bo is such a Louisiana name. So, Dalton and Nick, they decide that they're going to go get Wade and Carly from town Paige and Blake decide they're going to fuck. Yeah. Oh, kind of. Um, Paige starts doing her little strip dance, and then Blake's all into it, and then she goes to like lay down next to him, and she's like, we need to talk. <laughs> this is how she's going to break the news that she thinks that she's pregnant, which I thought was an interesting thing to do. She's like, all right, I'm stripping. I'm getting ready to fuck. I'm pregnant. But she never actually gets that far because... Uh... Let's see where it is. Blake hears something outside. Yeah, Blake hears something outside, and she's just like waiting for him to come back into the tent, and she just falls asleep. And I'm like, how long was he outside for? <laughs> uh, back in town, back in Flavor Town, uh, Bo is talking about Trudy and how she had a cyst in her brain, and her boys had to go to a foster home. Boys. Uh, Wade goes inside. Uh, because they went to Bo's house. When I said earlier they went to House of Wax, we didn't establish. He says that he has the right size fan belt at his house, which, no. He's also the town mechanic, so yes. which makes it somewhat plausible. Maybe he asked, he said, why did you not have it sent to the, the garage? And he said, well, you know, I'm home. Like, you know, just have it sent home. That way I can get it. Or just along those lines right there. And, you know, just, now, in hindsight, that's bullshit. 
just in hindsight. So yeah, but they 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 had no choice but to believe him. So they fall into the to the wax museum. Yeah, and so Wade goes inside to pee, and I'm just like, dude, just wait until you're out of town and pee in the woods. At, maybe he just wanted to pee in a wax. Just toilet. pee your pants, was bro. The, was the toilet made of wax? I bet. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. Like he went there to like pee, and then he couldn't flush it because it was wax, and then that's when he got got. Can you imagine? You sit down on the toilet, and you're on there for a little bit too long, and like the toilet seat starts melting underneath you. Ugh. <laughs> I'm thinking of like society now. <laughs> like all the flesh melting and stuff like that um but yeah Wade never returns he's inside there and uh Bo comes outside and Carly's like where's Bo yo and uh Bo's like whether 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 you believe no, it or not excuse me she's like yo where's Wade Bo and Bo's like well thought he would be back out here and then they are deciding that you're just going to go on to the gas station anyways. Um, but Carly is like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to get inside the truck and lock the door, and I'm not going to let you in here. Uh, yeah, Wade's locked into the house, and Carly is trying to call Paige, and she gets the phone knocked out of her hand and tries to drive the truck away, and it's this whole thing. A voicemail is left for Paige on her cell phone. It's a whole thing. Uh, because Blake is grabbing Paige before she can answer her phone. This is pre-strip tease, I think. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes. I believe so. Yeah. We are telling the story a little bit out of order from this. Yeah. <laughs> from I'm really sorry. Like we watched this a week ago and uh, in hindsight, I wish we would have rewatched it or something. Cause it's a little bit fuzzy in my mind right now. Anyway. Uh, so she, she manages to drive away. She almost, uh, she almost falls off a cliff. And when she does, she jumps out of the truck and then she runs into the house. Worst getaway ever. Yeah, she did a really bad job. She immediately like wrecks the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and not even just like a wreck, like maybe you can still drive, like it's hanging off a cliff. Yeah, it's done. It's the, like, how? Yeah. How do you manage to do that? Uh, Wade is alive, but he's drugged. We see him get sewn up and we see him get like, Super waxed. He yeah. Be you can't put wax over top of a hairy man. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, he got to be smooth. This is a scene that reminds me a lot of Tourist Trap because it reminds me of that scene where, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy's putting all that stuff all over the girl. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a really creepy scene if you ask me because all that hot wax just dripping all over you and you can't move. It's just really fucking unnerving to me. Yeah, he gets like hooked up to this machine that it's like a very advanced machine and it just coats him in wax. It kind of makes me think of um, Saw 3 where the the one girl is like trapped underneath, like she's in the cold room and she's tied up and like the, the water is like yeah, shaking yeah. and it freezes except it's the exact opposite because it's hot wax. Yeah, it is kind of like that, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Carly is just like, She's just running down the streets as she runs. All of these stores light up. They're clearly on some sort of a motion sensor. I don't know why Bo has this elaborate of a setup. I don't know either. It's not only that. There's the whole thing where there's like an old woman that like keeps opening up the curtains and just peeking out, which Carly thinks is like an actual person. So she's like screaming for help, but nobody's answering her. This is like, okay. So 
I've got a friend who likes to build dollhouses and she loves miniatures and I feel like that's interesting. Um, and this is like not miniatures, but it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's the opposite of miniature biggies? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, it's just, you know, it's cool the stuff they're doing. I like that they're having the brotherly bonding, Bo and Vincent. Could have been done in a less harmful manner. Yeah, but I just, I feel like it, it's kind of interesting. Like, it's like Vincent does the, like, sculpting and everything, and Bo comes up with the the electronic piece of it, and it's, I don't know. They have an interesting dynamic, yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of cool that Vincent is basically building this entire house out of wax, making all of these people. He's populating the whole town. It is kind of like a giant, like, miniature situation because, I don't know, just kind of like, the whole thing is like their whole, like, playhouse. Yeah. So they're doing whatever they want with it. It's kind of cool. Except, you know, what's really not cool is... Killing people? Yeah. And Bo takes Carly back to the gas station, down into his little under-the-ground torture room. So yeah, he's got yeah. her all, like, like, strapped it's a private, up. Like, it's a private torture room that Vincent doesn't know about. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, it is kind of like his own thing. Like, maybe he tortures people before he, like, sends them off to Vincent or something. And Vincent just, like... Yeah, like, how many people have been brought there that haven't gone to vincent because Bo just wants to torture them himself he's like why should vincent get to do all the torturing i only get to play with them once they're waxy <laughs> this is really weird though because this is kind of um i mean 2000s is like very much known as the decade of torture porn movies um and i'm sure saw had an influence on this at some point because it's like yeah it's a slasher but now like you're implementing a little bit of that torture into this which you know it kind of feels a little bit out of place but not really because the torture doesn't really get too deep like he's got her strapped up and he doesn't really do much with her because yeah, nick she, and she's, uh, she's also figured out by now that like the whole town is waxed because she ran into the church saw that it was trudy sinclair's funeral service yes Bo comes in and he's like sorry mama uh and the priest is definitely waxed on like she's seen that everybody that's like in the pews and everything like that, they're all wax people. So there's this really cool uh, short movie uh, that you can find on YouTube. And it's this guy is driving into a town and it's just a bunch of mannequins all over the place. And it's creeping him out. Like it's creepy because they're just in the middle of the road. They're like posed. It's kind of like, you know, this wax town, right? And he's getting creeped out by them. And eventually like he beats a few of them up like with baseball bats, like knocks off their heads and stuff. And then like, mannequin police show up and it, the whole thing is like very bizarre and then you find out at the end that they were actually like real people and he was just seeing them as mannequins and i uh posited that this was the opposite of that that the <laughs> the priest was in fact wax the entire time yeah it was and yeah. wade and carly convinced themselves that it was a real person because why the fuck would they think a wax yeah was it's definitely like a camera trick because they got a real guy to play the priest there and then whenever you get the shot here like he's very clearly made of wax um that sounds very familiar by the way yeah, sure. we watched it together okay yeah i don't remember what it's called I don't either. If I happen to remember it and I can find the link, I will post it in the show notes. But okay. who who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh. So yeah, 
Bo has Kylie strapped down to the chair. She sees a scar on Bo's wrist. Uh-oh, is he the little boy from the beginning with the tied-down mother and brother and yelling father and breaking glasses and all over tragedy? Mm-hmm. Probably. Most likely. Uh, Bo glues Carly's mouth shut with uh, super glue. So that's gross. Nick and Dalton have shown up by now. They decide that they're going to split up because they don't realize this is a horror movie yet. <sighs> yeah, it's so stupid. And it's such a small town, too. Like, why would you even split up? Just stick together. Like, the only time I've ever split up is, like, when we're going to the store. And it's like, you need one thing. I need another thing. Like, divide and conquer won't yeah. be up here at the checkout. And that's fine because it's in a well-lit place. You have, you're have you in a confined area. It's fine. You're not in a whole town. Looking for a person that is missing under suspicious circumstances. Yeah. But Nick is really smart in this scene because he goes into the gas station and it's clearly closed. There's nobody there. And then he starts to walk away. But then he, uh, I think Bo comes out, right? Yeah. And so here's the thing. So he has glued Carly's mouth shut and he leaves. And Carly is breaking down her chair because she can hear Nick. Because, like, the way she is, she's, like, under the ground, and there's, like, a sewer grate above yeah. her, and she can hear Nick and Bo talking, and so she, like, breaks the chair, and she's trying to get over there, and then she, like, sticks her little finger out through the grate, and she's, like, waving at him, and she's, like, red rum, red rum, red rum, <laughs> and... Yeah, it is kind of like that. And this is the scene that sticks out to me, is uh, Bo just, like, turns around, and Nick's, like, what you doing? And he goes, nothing, and he just, like, clips her finger. He's pretending to tie his shoes. He's not doing a very good job of pretending to tie shoes. No, but um, Nick is like the entire time just questioning him, and um, because he's not buying his bullshit, he's saying, "All right, the shop was closed like two seconds ago. Um, Where the fuck did you come from?" He's questioning him. He's grilling him about this whole thing, and I think Bo starts to like get worried. He pulls out his little pliers or knife or whatever, and he's like ready to take care of business. Then Carly. Decides to like decides she manages to get her mouth free so she's able to scream. Nick hears and then a fight ensues between Bo and Nick and uh, Nick Bo, runs like, into the garage and locks the door. Yeah, Nick is a pretty good fighter because because uh, of his troubled past. Yeah, because yeah, because he was a prisoner or some shit. I don't know. He's so he was a mysterious man. Mysterious man uh, got to fight. Uh, Dalton, meanwhile, is at the House of Wax, and he sees Wade at a piano. Oh, God, this is the scene that sticks out to me. And he, uh, he just, like, he peels off, um, <laughs> he, like, he peels he... off Wade's face, he, like, he touches Wade's face, right? Uh... And, like, some of it peels off, and he goes, oh, shit, man, I'll help you, and he just, like, keeps peeling off his face, and I'm like, stop peeling off his face! Yeah, and Wade is, uh, first of all, like, Wade <laughs> is, <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, they already made a Wade? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then he's like over there actually touching it. And then Wade's eyes are moving. Like he's yeah. still alive. And then this guy is just like digging his fingers into his cheek and just he's keeps going. Me- yeah. And meanwhile, you're able to just see Wade's teeth because he's got no cheek anymore. And it's just such a fucking brutal scene. This is Ugh. why Dalton sucks. Yeah. Dalton is such a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Poor Wade, man. He. I feel the like the worst for Wade in this movie because he's just trying to hang out with his girlfriend before she moves away. They're having their whole thing because he doesn't want to move. He's not sure if he wants to move to New York with her. And, you know, this might be their last hurrah. And then 
her asshole brother tags along and all he does the entire time is like give Wade shit and then always trying to do his help here and then he ends up getting turned into wax and his cheek peeled off yeah uh at that point vincent appears and not on gets get yeah and vincent by the way i love his mask it they did a really cool job because they gave him just like a wax mask it feels like very phantom of the opera meets texas chainsaw yeah that's definitely kind of like I, I would say that that's accurate, and that's probably why I like it because you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre mask is like the. It's because best. you like masks. I love masks. I do. You're a mask man. I, but a wax mask is kind of creative, don't you think? Like the way that they did that, instead of it just being some kind of like generic whatever mask or whatever, you know, I think it's kind of nice that they did that. And it looks really good on them too, like super gonna, creepy. I was gonna say one thing. What? I'm a wax man. <laughs> okay. So Carly and Nick see the whole town as wax people, which we've already seen that. Again, this yeah. movie could have been shorter than it was. Uh, this is where we see Paige does her strip tease. She was thinking about telling Blake that she's pregnant, except the music outside of the tent stops. Blake goes out there, sees that uh, Paige has a voicemail on her phone and here's the voicemail from Carly where like she's like freaking out. She's like, I think something's wrong here. And then, oh no, Bo, stop attacking me. I'm driving your truck over a cliff. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. This verbatim way is said uh, too. <laughs> oh no, I'm driving a truck over a cliff. <laughs> So Blake is, um, Blake gets get. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, Blake hears VM, Paige sleep, Vincent intent, Blake dead, Paige run. <laughs> uh, when Paige is running, she, uh, she's like in, it's basically like a, like a car graveyard type thing. Like she finds yeah. this old abandoned garage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's a junkyard and there's like a garage part to it. And she's hiding like in car, which honestly... If you're stuck in a car graveyard, hiding in one of the vehicles, not the worst idea in the world. Like, no, like, why would so you think that? Like, yeah. If I were the killer, I would think that the person is running away. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't think that they're like hiding out in the location. Like, and how long would it take to search through all of the vehicles, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You've got good odds. So she's doing the right thing, except she's just not fast enough and she gets a spear through her head. She gets in the car and she thinks that he leaves, I think. And then she tries to get out and sneak away, but he is like still okay. there, notices her, and then she. Yeah, it's a it's a good death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick and Carly are in. <laughs> they look around the movie theater, and Bo just shows up and starts blasting. Uh, <laughs> Bo is a. <laughs> Bo gets shot with a crossbow, which oh, I just think is yeah. really funny. <laughs> Yeah, Bo gets crossbow. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, Not only that, whenever he gets crossbowed, he pulls the arrow out the wrong way. Like, the way that does the most damage. He, instead of pulling it out from the arrowhead, like, he's like, all right, I'm going to grab the arrowhead and pull everything else through my arm instead, which is so fucking stupid. It, uh, yeah, it, well, I guess it probably also depends on the type of bow. Some of them are, like, barbed, so they, like, 
maybe go in one way well yeah well i mean in that uh, i don't know how i'm not gonna fucking talk like i've ever had like a arrow shot through me and i know exactly what you gotta do in this moment like, what the fuck do i know reading books and i can't even guarantee you to that accuracy because they're fiction books yeah exactly so. um they try to find a phone. They're, the Carly's phone is not in the truck, which is still hanging over the cliff. Uh, they decide they're going to look for Wade and Dalton. So they go back into the wax house. Uh, they find guns. So that's cool. So <laughs> they find guns. Uh. They find medical records as well. Bo and Vincent were conjoined twins. Bo comes in and pulls out the arrow. What the fuck is this word? I don't know what that means. Uh, Vincent uh, pops up and Bo tells him to get. Yeah, we were talking about their good relationship before, but this is like another one of those tropes of, you know, Vincent is the abused Again, you know, I'm gonna, gonna re-emphasize these uh, ties to Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Master. it's very much, I was kind of thinking that too. It's very much like the older brother and Weatherface. And this is where, like, I don't think that the wax mask is necessarily all mask because Vincent's face has gotten messed up in his kerfuffle and he's, like, remelting it and yeah. shaping it. Yeah, it, he's definitely, like, making, you know, a face to make up for his deformed face since they had to have it, like deformed since they were conjoined twins nick and carly are turning everything on trying to create some chaos confuse Bo and vincent the puppies in the pet shop are fake so that's sad i know i made a note about that too like whatever i'm glad that the puppy the puppies wouldn't get the uh, the type of love and care that they would need that's true what are they gonna eat wax (laughs) which if you listen to any pet food commercial they're gonna say that all all pet food is made of wax fillers. Oh, it's really? terrible for your pets. It's basically garbage. Eat my sirloin. You get half a serving per... That sounds like an insult. Eat my sirloin. Oh, God, where am I at? They decapitate a wax figure, which at this point I'm like, mm, you probably just killed somebody. No, nah, they're all dead anyways. The only person that was still alive was to Wade. And I think he's still alive. <laughs> He's just watching this whole thing go down. Actually, I think it does show him like still standing there. Let's see. Vincent is attacking them. Nick dumps like just a whole big vat of wax. It's pretty intense. They create a wall of fire that's supposed to like you know gives them a chance to run because you know there's a there's a wall of fire and Vincent's at least partially made of wax, so that's gonna slow him down. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty smart though with the way that he gets across yeah this is where Carly sees Wade finally and then she goes I know Wade oh yeah that's right (laughs) you weren't gonna move with me to New York anyway you're a redneck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bo fights Nick Carly Nick and Bo fight Wade uh, Wade tries to put out the fire and it's just like everything's wax. It's all wax. Uh, Carly and Bo. What the fuck? Well, uh, let me try and help here. I think what happens in this scene is Carly hits Bo with a bat. 
Yes, and like repeatedly hits yes. him with the bat. So she's actually double tapping. Thank I you, Carly. Carly hit Bo with bat. More! <laughs> All caps. <laughs> I think at this point I was mentally checked out of the movie and I was just like, I will definitely know what this note means when we talk about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> that whole chase is ensuing. Uh, Nick gets stabbed. Uh, the everything's just like falling apart. Yeah, the whole melting. wax museum since it's, it's made crazy. of wax is melting. So Carly is trying to see Todd Vincent. She's like, "You're an artist," which like you're burning down his house. You're burning down his house and probably his favorite art. Don't tell him his art is the prettiest art of all art. <laughs> And then destroy it. That's manipulative. But, it's toxic. Yeah, making that whole house of wax though has got to be insane. Like, I but would it's be... like the world's greatest pun. Yeah, it is. I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> I question the practicality of it, but I respect it. Uh, Vincent pins Nick. Nick pulls off Vincent's mask face. Nick calls for Carly. Carly twists the knife out of Nick's leg and stabs Vincent in the stomach. Boom. Nick and Carly run out. They dig through the wall. They jump out. So much hot wax. Surely they are suffering traumatic burns across their entire bodies. No, they're fine. This makes me think of... So I was a big... Aladdin girl growing up mm -hmm. and I had all of the like Aladdin movies on VHS yeah with the nice little you know the thick clamshell yeah covers. I love those oh yeah and I want to say it's the third one where Aladdin meets his dad uh the prince of thieves Dadden. <laughs> Aladdin <laughs> Aladdin that sounds like the thing from like Aldovia Listen, I'm excited for Halloween, but I'm excited once Halloween's over, we can start watching I know. Christmas movies. I know. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be happy. Uh, but it, it makes me think of that because there's this scene where there's this whole like palace or cave or something made of gold, and then the gold melts, and it's a whole thing, and melted gold should be burning everybody, and the whole place just falls apart, and they're all swimming through this molten gold. That's what this makes me think of. Yeah, except that was a cartoon. And this is a movie. <laughs> so, you know, that shit doesn't fly here. Logic is out the window. They made an entire house of wax. Like, you should have dropped Logic a long, long time ago. The next day, the cops uh, show up. Everything's, they're clearing everything out. They find the camera that has uh, was stolen from Dalton way back at the beginning of the movie. The smoke is the only reason that they found the town. Uh, how was there smoke? I don't know. Like, there's got to so, be non-wax things there that were burning. Like, you can't have like yeah. wax electricity lines. But they tried to make it sound like the wax was what was producing the smoke, and like we burn a lot of candles, and it's the wick that gives it the smoke. Yeah. And it's not even then. It's not like smoke. I don't it's know. Like, have we ever lit like actual wax on fire? How's it act? I've never done it. I've never tried it. Maybe we should try it. So basically, uh, what happens is um, Nick Nick steals the camera. Yeah, Nick steals the camera, but the sheriff is like, um, <sighs> "We found Nick and uh, we found Trudy in the docks. Son's inside the house. Two bodies." And the other one's like, 
Oh, but Trudy and the Duck had three sons. The, the three sons. And then we see the truck driving guy that never got the, the, never real, got the real mayor of Flavortown <laughs> is back at his deer carcass pit. Yeah, it's Roadkill Guy, which is all he's credited as. So yeah, apparently he's such a key. I want to call him the real mayor of Flavortown. <laughs> he's such a key part of this whole thing. I mean, not really. He's, he doesn't really, I don't know. I guess he was trying to get them there. He was definitely the younger brother. Like, yeah. Like Bo and Vincent were the conjoined twins, and then they have like their own special bond. It's very like basket case esque. And if Belial and what's his face, if they had a younger brother, they'd be like, "Shut the fuck up." We yeah. Don't yeah, pretty much. But that's a, that's how the movie ends. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, talking about it, it doesn't really. <laughs> it, it definitely feels like it's like a by the number slasher, and I'm not saying it's not a by the number slasher. It it definitely is, but I think it's a fun one to watch. Like I think it gets a lot of shit whenever. Really, if you actually watch it and you're just looking for a slasher movie to have on, it's a fun time. It's like I said, it's average. It's right there. Like I don't like especially love it. I don't especially hate it. It just. It exists. The my spectrum with slashers is there are so many bad ones. Like average is a much lower bar than what we just watched with this right here. Like this one right here was like it has good kills. It has you know good killers. Um, I mean the story isn't really yeah it's whatever. But overall, I think that like it is. I would put it in like a good slasher, which is why I'm going to keep my rating at a seven. I give you mine out of five. I like, I mean, we had fun talking about it, but I think that's mostly just because we have fun talking. Yeah. I don't, like, it was no thanks to this movie. It was a lot of thanks to Guy Fieri and my love of <laughs> in puns. In Flavortown. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. That's all good. Okay. My Italian notes say, uh, go to bed, bark, fake itchy face, then sleepy. Fake itchy face. Yeah, I think that's where she was like pretending to scratch her face, and then when you tried to scratch her face for her, she jumped up and stole your spot on the couch. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Okay. Um. All right. So, uh, wait. Review. What do we think Talia gave it? Oh. Um. I think she gave it a three. One for each of the fake wax puppies. There uh, were there only three wax puppies. I don't know. I didn't count. I just three is just the number I came up. I'll go with that. Okay. That's fine. I'll agree with it. All right, my internet review that I chose. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. There are not many film trailers that truly make my skin crawl, but I have to admit the House of Wax trailer both terrified and intrigued me. I settled into my seat at the cinema with my friends, all poised with their jackets at the ready, expecting to find my worst nightmare unfold before me on the screen. Horrible waxworks coming to life and trying to kill people. Corny, I know, but that's just me. Uh. However, I was frightfully disappointed to be watching a typical road trip slasher flick of the my car broke down so I'm forced to go into this creepy deserted town variety where psychos, not creepy moving waxworks are doing the killing. Uh, that's pretty much it. You know what, though? I think it would be really cool to have a horror movie where the wax figures are coming to life and like what happens. It's basically, like we talked about earlier, it's... Uh, House of Wax meets society, and like the wax figure grabs your throat and basically shunts it, Ooh. like it melts, it melts your throat with its hot wax hand. Can we just agree that 
the dream sequel will be like the three of them. Society of Wax. Society of Wax. Yes, yeah! that's a good title. But the whole thing is Vincent and Bo, um, the other guy, he's kind of still the Real black sheep. Yeah. Um, but they are like re- resurrected. They're reborn from the wax and they become actual wax people. And they have wax powers. <laughs> they have the power of wax. <laughs> uh, that's that. That's the dream sequel. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. Got any changes? Uh, I think it's shorter. Like, there's just a whole bunch of, like, running around. There's a bunch of little added in things. Some, I think you can add in little details and it's fine because it gives, like, depth of character. Like, Paige's whole pregnancy thing, yeah, it's been done to death, but, like, it gives her character something to talk about other than nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Other than, man, I sure love Blake's dick. Now it's like, oh, shit, what did Blake's dick do to me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did it do to me? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, the stuff with the camera, I feel like just wasn't necessary. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, it didn't go anywhere. And I don't understand why it was such, a, like, a significant thing at the end. Like, why did they need yeah, the camera back? Why was, was it? Yeah, it was just weird. I thought there was a whole lot of back and forth in the town that could have been reduced. Like, it's just like, we're going to go over here. Now we're going to go over here. Now we're going to go over here. And it's just like, like cut it down. It, it's almost a two-hour movie, and it does not need to be that long. I'll agree with that. So. You could definitely cut it down a lot. Okay. I think, I think if it was like a tighter a tighter movie, like a tighter script, shorter runtime, I think it would be a lot more favorable for me. It needs a like a. It wouldn't a, feel like it drags so much. It needs like a cut. Like a, yeah. this would be the director's cut. It needs a studio cut. Yeah. Okay, I agree. All right. Um, who did you relate to? Um. <laughs> I um. <laughs> it sounded like you related to the roadkill guy with his car. <laughs> Don't say real mirror of your town. Don't say real mirror of your town. <laughs> I yeah, I do think I actually like agreed with him because he was just like trying to do a nice thing for like he's not really a nice guy, but you don't know that until the last thirty seconds of the movie. I like he really was just trying to do them a favor, I think. And okay. Stabbed his car brakes to make them work. <laughs> I related to Wade. which okay. Hold on. Oh. We set up this whole scenario that his vehicle only works if you stab it. Yeah. But his brother owns the garage in town. Oh, that's he's the that's, black sheep. Yeah. They like they they probably fucked with his truck and it's like, ah, oh, let's fuck with him. Let's like it won't break anymore. You gotta stab it. That's why he went to the campsite and fucked with their cars. He's still like, parts. He's like, let's see if anybody else likes it. Yeah. He's like, ah, I need to get this fucking belt for my truck. <laughs> Nobody else is going to get it for me. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, yeah, I, I related to Wade because we both commented about how he had like my style of the striped shirts and also had very similar hair back in that you really did. time yeah. in the 2000s. That whole like little winged hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Poor Travis in the 2000s. <laughs> You're fat and got stupid hair. Let's see if we can find a picture of 2000s Travis. Oh, it's not pretty. We'll, we'll find Travis from prom. 
No, that one's no. Nah, that's not gonna reflect what I'm thinking. Pro- oh, the Travis from Chelsea's prom. No, that's not. That's just sad, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Travis I'm thinking of is a different Travis. I, I, I've got pictures of him. Okay, don't okay, worry about okay. it. I was just thinking of what I would be able to pull up on social media because it only goes back so far because yeah. you're smart like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next week we have Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, I, it's one of the um, it's one that gets a lot of hate from the people, but I actually like it. I'm excited to revisit it. It's the one I probably remember the least. Really? So, yeah, Ooh. it'll be like watching it fresh for me because I usually like. I tend to go from Jason goes to Manhattan. Jason takes Manhattan. Jason um, goes to Manhattan. <laughs> I sound like, you know, when you buy a Halloween costume, but they can't say the name of yeah. the character. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, Jason goes to Big City. J- Jason, the redneck in New York. <laughs> Jackson goes to Big Apple, Big Pineapple. Jake's a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, We're getting loopy here at the end. We slept like four hours last Yeah, we didn't night. sleep a lot. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, but I normally go from um, from New York Jason to Jason in space. I just skip hell altogether. Yeah, hell sucks. So, But the movie is awesome. Jason goes to hell. I'm excited. That's a hot take, I think. Most people don't like that movie, but I'm going to defend it next week, guys. So come back for that. All right. I'm very excited to hear hear you talk about this. I'm excited to essentially, like, it'll feel like the very first time. Yeah. Feels like the first time. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it. Right, find us on social media, uh, Instagram, Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast, Twitter, Least Favorite Pod. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an email, movie at gmail.com. And you can also always just find us on our website, which is com. We've got movie reviews. We've got short stories. We've got all of our podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, um, if you... um. If you see anything, like any of the upcoming movies, um, and you want to have your thoughts said on the show, like we'll yeah. happily talk about them. So if you got something you want to say about Jason Goes to Hell, let me know, and then we'll yeah. like include that in the episode. It'll be kind of cool. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be a good time. And that's it. All right. See y'all. Bye. the gods are crazy even though the stars are blind i'll show you true love baby you show me mine wait no i fucked up the lyrics if you show me true love baby i'll show you mine wait start it over <laughs>